and you're listening to Hobbits at Heart. Yay! It's so fun to be back. <laughs> Another I'm week. I'm so excited. I feel like every time we're just like, yay! I know. It's, it's so exciting and it's always a good thing to see each other on here. Exactly. And today we have a wonderful guest returning yet again, Kirsten, my BFF. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm happy to be back again. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks, thanks. for coming back. Back when we first asked Kirsten to be a guest on the podcast, she said that she really wanted to be here for especially the ending of Return of the King because she has some notes about Frodo at the end, some Frodo appreciation. So that'll be fun to hear. I am so excited. (laughs) I've been obsessed (laughs) with Elijah Wood since I was about 10 years old. So I know um, Frodo gets a lot of hate, which... I get, yeah, Um, but I fell in love with Elijah Wood when it was like the awards (laughs) for the movie. I think (laughs) I don't remember which award, um, which award ceremony it was, but I remember watching it with my dad, and Elijah Wood was getting interviewed, and I was like, "Whoa, Dad, who is that?" And he was like, "Um, "Look at those big blue eyes. Who do you think?" And I was like, "That's Frodo." Oh my god. So since that's then, what it looks like in real life, I know, which honestly is not much different, <laughs> just, you know, cut his hair and not have big hairy feet. Maybe I've never seen his feet, um, <laughs> but yeah, it just created this obsession with Elijah Wood Those and I know big blue eyes. Yes. And maybe that is what I love people with blue eyes I don't I or at least I'm attracted to people with blue eyes my boyfriend has blue eyes like I just I don't know what it is so um I know I'm not alone in this too I know for a fact our friend Brigitte also has a mad crush on Elijah Wood so (laughs) I think Katie does too shout out to all of our Lord of the Rings friends um or you know there are friends who also love Lord of the Rings Um, yeah so I'll just like nerd out at a few points in Return of the King, one in particular, which just melts me. <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait. I remember as a kid, like when I very first watched Return of the King, I kind of had, a, I mean, not Return of the King, sorry, Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, I had a little bit of a crush on Frodo, but Legolas immediately just took my attention away. I think it only lasted for like my first watch through of the movie. And then I was like, Legolas? yeah which is funny and I don't think I've told this story before but I when I first watched the Lord of the Rings in theaters it was like at that time where I was starting to like boys but not wanting to be forthcoming with it because my sister was like hitting puberty so she was kind of sharing that information a bit more and I did not want to be like my sister so um 
I remember watching it and coming home being like, oh my God, Legolas is so cool because that was my way of saying, oh my God, Legolas is so hot, (laughs) but I couldn't say it. I didn't want to admit that I had a crush on a character Mm -hmm. and I just kept talking about how cool Legolas was. Like, he's so cool. He's so cool. He's so cool. Um, And then my sister, I don't know if she watched the movie or she saw concept art, not concept art, uh, but like some, something with Legolas in it. Either way, she saw him and she was like, oh my God, look how cute he is. And I was instantly turned off. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it took. And since I actively tried to not be anything like my sister, as soon as she said she had a crush on Legolas, I couldn't. So I was like, who else is going to be my crush? (laughs) You're like, no Legolas? Okay, well then Frodo. Yeah, because that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if I were to watch these when I was young, like I did love Orlando Bloom because of Pirates of the Caribbean. And obviously I wouldn't be crushing on Aemir and Aragorn as like a 12 year old. Um, I mean, (laughs) maybe some people do. (laughs) I don't think I would have though. I think I probably would have had a crush on like Sam or Pippin or something just because of their personalities. Yeah. yeah but they're so sweet. <laughs> I definitely had a crush on Dominic Monaghan, who plays Mary. It wasn't necessarily Mary I had a crush on, but I remember back in the MySpace days. Oh my gosh. Um, finding Dominic Monaghan's MySpace and like trying to be friends with him and trying to message him as like a yeah, like a 12 or 13. Oh year no. Old. Oh, like, that's kind of cringy. I oh. know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I really said anything like too embarrassing. I think it was just like, hi, I love you and Lord of the Rings, you know? <laughs> like, and here she part. is as a grown up following him on Instagram and reposting his posts. Nothing has changed. Nothing <laughs> has changed. <laughs> Have you slid into his DMs yet? No. <laughs> okay. I've responded to some of his stories before or like when he's asking questions, I'll respond to see if he'll answer my question. He never has. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think once I typed in there, because he asks people to ask questions, I've said like, hey, this isn't a question, but I enjoy seeing your responses. They're so fun or something like that, which I didn't think he was going to reshare. But yeah, I've asked some random questions like, what plant should I get next? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, okay. Remember, he's just a normal person like you and me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like, well, I just want to know what you think. Because I think he enjoys plants and bugs and animals and stuff. So. Oh my gosh. Also, Kirsten, is your background a pug? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I so. just noticed. <laughs> oh, really? Um, so I'm wearing a like little Gandalf shirt. So it says it's like a little image of Gandalf and it says you shall not pass. So I had to choose a Gandalf background, but I wanted a pug. So it's like a little pug dressed up as Gandalf in a field. Is the pug on your shirt too, or is it just Gandalf? No, it's Gandalf. Like oh, it ca- from oh. here, it looks the same. I, yeah, oh, really? I thought How you funny. had a pug on your shirt. Because the dark in the middle looks like the <sighs> darkness of a pug's face in the middle. Wait, you let's, know? Just, let's just say it's a pug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to also say, um, if you guys like Dominic Monaghan and uh elijah wood you should watch the interview between dominic monaghan and elijah wood where dom pranked elijah wood (laughs) have you watched this yet kirsten no oh my god (laughs) 
I'm sorry I'm so disappointing. I also, sorry for not watching the, you know, behind the scenes, which I was so obviously called out on on one of the previous episodes. So that was fun listening to on my drive and hearing hey, your name. anything you say can and will be used against you. Okay, yep. Kristen? <laughs> wow. You know, I'm just waiting for... Um, me and my best friend for to be fully vaccinated so we can watch it together because I think that would be fun so don't at me okay okay (laughs) by the time this episode is released I think all three of us will be fully vaccinated so then all three of us can watch it together I know oh my god so exciting well I feel like we've been uh chatting at length about our love of some of these guys (laughs) maybe we should dive into the movie yeah that's a good idea (laughs) all right so last time we finished off at the part where Pippin finds Mary in the battlefield, which was a very emotional moment. I talked about how this makes me think of Kirsten every time and how I cry watching it every single time. Kirsten, do you cry watching it every time? Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, kn- I know we've texted each other in the past when watching it, like I'm at the part where Pippin finds Mary. <laughs> Aww. We're such emotional fools. I know we are. <laughs> it's okay though. I so because we had to watch like the rest of the movie. Um, the movie had stopped where I had stopped last time at this scene. So when I picked up to rewatch or to continue watching yesterday, it played this scene again, and I was like, no, I'm not emotionally prepared to watch this scene again. Uh, it's a good one. It's it it's gets really yeah good. hits you right in the feels. It does. I'm going to take care of you. (laughs) (laughs) Or look after you. I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, Mary, I knew you'd find me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yes, so we are starting up again today uh, with Frodo alone in the tower of Kirith Ungol. Ooh, dramatic. So we enter in and Frodo is on the ground, still partially wrapped in web. And shirtless. And shirtless. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, I, okay. Okay. Kirsten, I know that like you love uh, Frodo. I can't think of his actual name. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Thank you. But it when he filmed this, how young was he? Like, I feel so wrong thinking like, oh, it's shirtless Frodo because- It's like 19 or no, 20 or more, maybe 21 by that time. Okay. I just... mean, he was 18 when they started filming. So just depending on where this filming landed between 18 to 19. Yeah. Probably. It just feels wrong for me to think of him in that way because I'm arguably older than him in that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> But like, I'm going back to when I was little. (laughs) I know, I'm sorry. I just had to say it. Because every time I was like, oh, (laughs) I don't know how to feel about this. (laughs) Well, see, I just feel like Frodo shirtless in the scene is not attractive. And the scene's following because like he has all of these scars all over him. Hey, scars with scars. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, that's scar right true. here. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I never found it to be that appealing because he's like dirty and I don't know. <laughs> no, Lindsay, that's valid because it's not made to be like a scene. They're not trying to sexualize Frodo in this scene. Like he's just captured and yeah. has his shirt off. So that's... they stripped him because he they had stole his shirt. The stu- yeah. They took everything from him. But like me as a person experiencing a sexual awakening. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
We all had those moments. Yeah, and it just happened to be in Lord of the Rings, which was not made for any form of sexual awakening. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> one can argue. okay we've got to move past this wait but i just have one more thing to say so in the book um tolkien describes frodo as being naked and so i always thought that he was like (laughs) like butt naked (laughs) he might have been in the book (laughs) yeah i read the book before i saw the movie um so then when i saw it i was expecting him to be like naked naked and i was like oh god i'm so glad he has pants on Lindsay all covering her eyes like innocent child. I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, so the orcs are going through Frodo's stuff and they start arguing arguing over the Mithril shirt. And then this is where um, Frodo thinks that they've taken the ring. So these, I wrote, oh, nasty orcs versus the Yurikai because they're, we finally get to see them like up close and in, not that they're in daylight, but it's like not dark. It's not a battle. We can like see them. And of course I have to mention, I just think the makeup is so freaking good. And we, throughout the scene, which we'll talk about uh, more of, but we see a lot more of them and like more close up, and they just, they all look different and they all look amazing. Um, I didn't really realize though, that in this scene that's about to unfold, it's like orcs versus Yurikai and they like hate each other. I had no idea that was like a thing. My roommate, Matt, explained that to me when we were watching it. Yeah. Yeah, there's been, like, some tension that shows up building up to this scene where they, like, butt heads. Um, like, when they get said, like, oh, it looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> like, like, these moments. <laughs> I never realized that it was, like, one versus the other and that they really didn't like each other. I thought it was just, in general, they're all kind of irritable. Like, <laughs> yeah, which is true. They do have short tempers, which came into uh, to benefit our team of the fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that is true. Um, there's the Urukai who like originally were serving Saruman, and then there's the orcs of Mordor, and yeah, that's what causes them to clash. Which I feel like isn't necessarily explained in the movie, but I think it's explained more in the book that that's why when one you know attacks the other they all just erupt into battle and just slaughter each other because they already hate each other anyways they're just waiting for an excuse like oh come on let's get in a fight i want to kill you (laughs) i do think that their temper and like um i almost just said grumpiness that's not the word i was going for but it works i do think that that is like justified throughout the movie on its own so you don't really need to know that it's like oryx versus urukai urukai how am i saying that wrong Yurikai? It's Urukai. Urukai. Not Yurikai. Yurikai? What'd you call me? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, words are hard today, so. That's all right. We're just moving along. Um, So when Sam enters, I wrote down, (laughs) look at brave Sam, and then in all caps, Samwise the brave, (laughs) (laughs) charging into a Mordor orc lair to save his friend. Like, just, he's just outnumbered and he's a small hobbit and he's just going in i know Comes he's so brave pots of blazing i mean <laughs> the pans of blazing <laughs> how convenient that literally that fight erupted so quickly that almost all of them have died yeah mm-hmm. and then i love i also wrote sam is so brave like imagine how scary that would be being a little hobbit going into this orc you know ridden 
tower trying to save your friend and it's just like you just this little hobbit but he goes in and he's so brave and you know as he's going up the staircase and he's yeah like the forks are coming down and he's like <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that scene in mulan where mushu he looks like a bigger dragon in his shadow on the wall yeah that's immediately mm-hmm. what i thought of <laughs> yeah, because I think the orcs expect it to be an elf the way that like he's talking and, and the shadow and then he comes around the corner and he's just a tiny little hobbit. Um, and I also really enjoy, I just put down Sam, you beast. And then the fact that when he was fighting, each hit was for somebody. So um, he's fighting for Frodo. This is for the Shire. This is for my old gaffer. He doesn't even fight for himself because he's just he just cares about everyone else. <laughs> I just got chills when you said that. Oh, I, so I wrote down a note about his old gaffer. Is that supposed to be his dad? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do we know about his dad in the movie? Yeah, we see him. We see him in the first film when he's like talking to the group of them in the in the um, pub, and he's okay. like, "Oh, yeah, something, something, gaffer." I don't remember exactly the quote, but I think Frodo speaks to gaffer at one point. Got it. Yeah, oh, that's actually his name. I thought like old gaffer was like a nickname for like dad. I think it is. It's, oh. yeah. Oh, oh, I thought. I don't, I don't know. know. Either well, way, Frodo says gaffer. <laughs> the way he said it, it made me think that like his dad has died because of the orcs and he's fighting for him. But obviously that's, we didn't see that happen. I just, oh, it was just really sweet and I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah. And then Sam finds Frodo up at the top of the tower and there is so much tension between Frodo and Sam when Frodo asks for the ring back. Yeah, I well, first I just love the line, begging your pardon, but they haven't. When he yeah. says like they took the ring, I was like, oh, I don't know why. It just like because as an audience member, like you don't know that yet either. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really smart. I don't know if it's like that in the book, but I thought it was really well portrayed in the movie. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, in the book, actually, which is interesting. So in the book, Frodo and Sam both wear the ring a lot more than oh, they do like they in the Oh, like they switch movie. off? No. So when Sam has the ring and he um, first is going to find Frodo, he's actually wearing the ring almost that entire time. Oh, like on his finger? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. Which was really confusing to me. I remember reading it because I was like, wait, I thought he wasn't, they're not supposed to wear the ring. <laughs> yeah, because wouldn't Sauron know? I don't know. The book's just a little bit different. So you do know as a reader that Sam has the ring this oh, whole time. Oh, well, yeah. I like the way they did it in the movie. I thought it was, it did a lot for the scene. So I really liked it. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually, I mean, I've seen it so many times now that I forgot that when you're first watching it, you're like, where is the ring? Do the orcs have it? Oh no. Well, also when they're fighting over the shirt, when the orcs are, they don't say anything about the ring, Mm -hmm. right? Because they didn't know that Frodo even had it, right? They just found him and they're like, ooh. Yeah. They're just like, oh, let's take all of these things. And they emphasize like all of his items. Right. But of course, Frodo's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) they have the rings they took everything else Mm -hmm. and then when sam like struggles to give the ring to frodo that moment is just like oh my god it's hard to watch but in the best way Mm -hmm. they just acted the hell out of that moment yeah yeah he's he's a strong he's a strong hobbit 
yeah between him and Bilbo just willingly giving up the ring that's so good Mm -hmm. um to backtrack speaking of the orcs fighting over the shiny shirt um, (laughs) I love how you can see the orc high like leaving the tower with the shiny shirt yeah (laughs) he just won since everyone else died he's like (laughs) oh I don't remember that I don't know if I ever like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was one of the things where I um because there's a lot when I when I'm re-watching these movies to record the podcast there are a lot of things I'm trying to focus on that maybe I didn't notice before or maybe it's just like not a big deal at the time when I'm watching them but yeah, seeing that, I was like, oh, a detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely fun to be watching it and taking notes. I feel like I notice a lot more than I have in the past, just, you know, casually watching it. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to watch it so segmented because we've been watching like an hour or two at a time, whereas normally I'll watch either all of the movies in a day or at least one movie in a day. So it's been interesting. Mm-hmm. So after Sam gives Frodo the ring, they have to leave, but they obviously can't make it through this like sea of bad guys, of orcs headed to Mount Dune. So they get um, a disguise using the armor. And I just think it's so funny because they're like so cute and little in this oversized armor. But I love how Sam is wearing his pots and pans on (laughs) his belt. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because I never noticed until this time around and I notice it later when they're walking through like the barren area which we'll get to but I never it never clicked until this time and I was like he's this freaking pots and pans yeah like at first I thought what a clever detail the like costuming department added you know because of course he would bring his pots and pans but then I realized too they probably left all their old stuff and like his knapsack and stuff which had his pots and pans in it so we had to find a different way to carry it. But I just thought that he still considered those essential, even though they didn't have food left. <laughs> yeah. So I have sweet. a note about that later when they toss all of their armor uh-huh. and throws down the pots and pans. And I feel like I remember that is called out in the book that like Sam carried his pots and pans all the way <laughs> to Mordor. And I was like, such a hobbit. This is why we love Sam. <laughs> He's so cute. A good detail. I also realized, I was like, imagine how bad those clothes and, like, armor would smell if you're, like, putting in a... Yeah, and they'd (laughs) probably be really heavy for them, too. Mm -hmm. Ugh. I know, it's gross. I know, I imagine wearing orc armor, like, (laughs) Ew. (laughs) No, thank you. No, 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 no. No, thanks. Um, I also put, because I think you can see the eye of Sauron starting to, like, look around at this point, and I like how... um, they can just, they make the, his eye dilate and constrict and everything, trying to like see and focus in on things. And it's just, it's cool to see. Yeah. It's just, like it's just acting. a fiery eye. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so once they see, they like, they're in their armor and they look out over this, like, like I said, the sea of bad guys. And they later mention it's actually about 10,000 of them to be exact. Um, and it goes back to Aragorn and company and they are debating on what to do. Yes, and I love how, of course, Aragorn comes in with the good ideas, being so selfless, saying Ugh. how they should go and distract Sauron so that Frodo has a chance because Gandalf is saying, you know, he sent Frodo and Sam to their their doom or their death or death. something. I have death. sent him to his death. Yeah. Aww. Which, okay, I wrote down, because Gandalf at one point says, I've lost sight of Frodo. He's just 
clouded by darkness. Has he been able to see Frodo this whole time until he entered Mordor? I don't know. Or I just like sense him. Yeah. I don't think he can like see him visually. But like, no, he's a- alive. Yeah. Well, because when Faramir said he had seen Frodo and Sam, Gandalf was like, tell me everything. So he didn't even know. I don't think he can see him because he didn't even know necessarily if Frodo and Sam were alive until Faramir told him like two okay. or three days prior. That's a good question though, KP, yeah. because they never really let us know that he had that ability prior to now. I'm interested to know more about that. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> maybe they explain it in the book. Oh, maybe, yeah. Or if anyone, you know, anyone, any listener knows that information, please share. I'm curious. Yeah, reach out. Let us know. <laughs> um, I have to say this scene, we finally see like everyone together again. And like, I know in the movie, it hasn't been that long since we've seen these characters, but it's been like two weeks since I watched the other bit of, the movie so i just was like oh my gosh i missed aragorn look at him <laughs> like i just saw him on my screen was like "Ooh, he cleaned up well he looks good i just missed him on my tv screen <laughs> and i felt the need to share <laughs> feel that i totally feel that um i love how legolas is yet again stating the obvious when they're talking about their plan and then legolas like all dramatic is like a diversion. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote no duh, Legolas. <laughs> it's like he's there to just like translate what everybody's saying for the random non Lord of the Rings fan in the movie theater. Like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. That's a diversion. <laughs> <laughs> like breaking the fourth wall <laughs> in case you didn't get it. Yeah. This is what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. And then having uh, Gimli say, certainty of death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? Like, he's just. <laughs> He's, he's ready. It's good character moments for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Uh, so then after that scene, we go to the part where Aragorn has the Palantir and he's showing Sauron that he is the true king returned and he's ready to fight. Okay. Yeah. This scene, I have some notes on. <laughs> okay. Let's hear him. First of all, great sound effects with that Palantir. I got to say, it sounds like one of those electric balls where you like touch it and the static electricity do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> oh yeah mm -hmm. that's where my brain went but then imagine acting in that scene in silence you're the only one in front of the camera and like he he sold it he's like that's what acting is you know he did it he did a yeah. great job <laughs> yeah. i think about that so often when i'm watching movies like that must have been so weird to film you know, there's no yeah. sound effects. There's no visual effects. He's just holding a ball in a room surrounded by lights and cameras. Mm -hmm. Especially nowadays uh, with how they make movies. I know, mm -hmm. not that Lord of the Rings was that long ago, but it was like 20 years ago. So, you know, we've changed a lot of how we make movies now, but um, I know it's his job to do that, but I just am still impressed by it. Um, and then when he says, behold the sword of Alendil, and he like holds it up and it's so dramatic. I love it. Yeah, he is just such a badass in this scene because you're like, okay, Aragorn, he's so strong looking directly into the eye of Sauron. Like, he don't give no fucks. He's like, I'm here and I'm ready to fight you. Um, and then that asshole, Sauron, just goes right towards <laughs> Aragorn's weakness and just like, oh, look, here's the love of your life dying. <laughs> take that. <laughs> and it's so sad. Like, let me try to take advantage of your, your weakness and try to sway you so you don't fight 
And then this is full circle from the dream that he had back when he was still with the Rohirrim when he drops the even star on the stone floor and it shatters. Oh, yeah. So this scene, this little like, I don't want to call it a montage because it's like five seconds long, but it is like a slow motion. He like... (laughs) It's very oddly curated, I feel like. He slow motion, like, backs up. He His arms are like, I wrote wavy hands. It's just like, <laughs> And then it shows the necklace drop. Was that necklace dropping, like, looking back onto when it dropped in that dream? Or is it actually dropping? I think it's actually dropping in the situation, which is like, where did it come from? Did it fall up? It's just, I feel like it appears out of nowhere. Yeah, that, it was just, like, kind of confusing because... I don't know. And then, um, bam, like he's on a horse and they show his shirt without the necklace. And then he magically looks like 10 years older heading off to war. I think it's his hairdo, but Mm -hmm. just a lot happened in a very short amount of time. Stressed. And as you know, I get quite confused very easily in these films. So I was just like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) No, I don't think you're alone in that because that scene has always been a little bit confusing to me. And I think I've just kind of like accepted it. (laughs) (laughs) at this point but i i actually wrote a note like why is this always so confusing to me like did he actually necklace what happened but i think he did because we see that he's not wearing it anymore yeah and it actually doesn't matter if it broke or not like they could have just shown him seeing arwen and then cut to like him heading into battle like none of the wavy hands and the thing (laughs) needed to literally watch it again and look at it it zooms out and it's from behind and you just see him backing down the stairs like it's almost like they asked him can you do that in slow motion for us instead of just making it slow motion it's so funny uh but then after we see him on his horse then if my notes are correct we're back to aon and fairmere now yes oh yeah which this is an extended scene so this isn't in the theatrical cut Uh, but i love that they added this back into the extended edition because I just love seeing Eowyn and Faramir together. I think it's such a sweet little love story that happens kind of in the background. Um, Eowyn coming in with the sad, depressing lines again. Poor girl. Sad girl energy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, saying the city is silent, it grows cold. But then Faramir being all hopeful and positive is saying, you know, I do not believe this darkness shall endure. And I just wrote, I feel like I need a man like Faramir. (laughs) Um, I honestly just made that comparison in my head when you were when you just said that Eowyn was so negative and sad. <laughs> Not negative, but sad. And I was like, well, oh, Lindsay, okay. And she needs a That's fire. What? Wow. She's sad girl. She's no, laughing. She's right. She's right. Although <laughs> we all deserve our own version of fa- what Faramir and Eowyn have. So no, but I'm definitely one of those people who's a little... Um, prone to depression so i relate to aon and i think i could use a man like fairmere i'm just putting that out there <laughs> yeah. that's fair Amir. Will... <laughs> oh my god that is the stupidest joke no. thank you for laughing so hard <laughs> i didn't it's even because... hear what you said <laughs> okay wait i said that's fair and then like three <laughs> seconds later kirsten goes Amir. <laughs> oh no. Oh, that was good. That was a good one. I mean, I say it's stupid, but I laughed so hard that I love stupid jokes. So 
That was great. Thank you. I'm made for you. Thank you. Um, I was going to say, (laughs) um, Faramir and Eowyn seem to be moving pretty quickly, but considering how fast she fell in Aragorn, considering the state of the world, um, I'm okay with this and I'm not surprised. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A little shame for Eowyn. (laughs) I'm just saying she literally fell in love with Aragorn, like without even speaking to him. Love at first sight. So she falls hard and fast. What's wrong with that? I'm just saying I'm not shocked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. some of us do that, you know? That yeah, happens. I do that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, I also really like how Faramir seems so much softer now. So he's like free to be who he is. No fear of upholding any ridiculous expectations from his demented father um and he can give Eowyn what she needs so she wasn't obviously getting anything from Aragorn because of reasons obviously um so when she's like able to get that from Faramir it's a good fit they're sweet to each other yeah mm-hmm. I also put like what a man like he's just he's good he's a good boy <laughs> he is yeah that's why I feel like in the <laughs> whenever they cast the um oh god have you guys seen this where they cast the Lord of the Rings cast w- as dogs? No. I'm pretty sure Faramir's a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen Legolas as a golden retriever, um, just oh. based off of looks. But um, I think personality-wise, that fits. Really I could see nicely. it. Wait, I want to look it up now to make sure I'm not wrong. See, I see Legolas as like one of those long-nosed. Oh, like a greyhound? Yeah. Or like a Weimaraner or something. Oh, this one has Faramir. Yeah, I think this is a golden retriever. Oh, they have Boromir as a golden retriever. What? Ew. No. No. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, characters as dogs. I just found a list. Aragorn, German Shepherd. I, oh, that's a good one. <gasps> Perfect, yeah. Gandalf, Irish Wolfhound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eowyn, golden retriever. Interesting. Oh, interesting. This um, one has Eowyn as a Cocker Spaniel. Yeah, that makes more sense. Frodo. A beagle. I could see it. Gimli, bulldog. Knew it. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Smeagol is a sphinx cat. <laughs> <laughs> Not even categorized as a dog. Legolas is an American white shepherd. Interesting. Wait, Smeagol should be a Chinese crested. I don't know that type of dog. It's it's literally a hairless dog with maybe like a little oh. bunches of fluff or um, whatever the dog Dante is from Coco. Oh, Yeah. So the next thing that we see is Sam and Frodo trudging along in their armor and the ar- the orcs start moving by. So they like jump to the side to try and hide, which I just think is so funny. Like, do they first <laughs> of all think they're not going to be seen? Second of all, they're like, uh, just quick, act like an orc. Yeah. And then oh, Sam, like- <laughs> Sam literally covers his face like the typical, <laughs> like, don't, don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> I wrote down, uh, too bad they don't have their camouflage cloaks anymore. <laughs> Oh my god, that that's so true. Handy. They didn't even need the armor, Kirsten. They could have just worn the <laughs> just like run cover. Release, run, cover. <laughs> Actually, I have questions then because they definitely wear these cloaks at the very end of the movie. So did they get new ones? Did they actually have these with them and didn't use them? Well, I think everything was stolen from Frodo. So if anything, Sam had his. Maybe they got new ones. Why didn't they use it yeah. if you had it? Yeah, okay. I okay. don't know. <laughs> we'll never know, I guess. They wanted to dress up. 
And then the orcs come along and they find them and they have to join the orcs in their march, which is so tense. I mean, I just always put myself into these situations and I'm like, oh my God, I would be freaking out. Like what, what do we do? So sweaty. I remember being stressed, just watching them join the ranks and like when they start doing inspection, just like, oh my God, are they going to make it? Frodo, stand up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And they're like whipping the orcs as they're walking. Like, this is so scary. It's Mm -hmm. also like, these orcs are really being mistreated. (laughs) This sucks (laughs) for them too. Like, I don't think they like it either. (laughs) Probably not. Do you think they're so short-tempered because they're like amidst Sauron and like having that darkness around them just makes them very awful or every just born that way (laughs) maybe someone should just get them a snickers maybe they're just hungry right (laughs) (laughs) when does nature and nurture play into effect yeah in their temperament i don't know it's a good question (laughs) they were literally like bred for this so do they know anything else besides being irritable and aggressive i'm sure being whipped nonstop can't help (laughs) that's true (laughs) These are the real questions we need to be asking people. I know. We're digging deep. Yeah. Um, again, I have to say that orc or orc, I'm not, I don't know. Just call them orcs. I don't really know. <laughs> the orc uh, with the like missing nose. And he has like more like bluish skin tone. I was into this look. We haven't seen anybody that looked like him yet. So I really like that. I love how all of the orcs are very unique and different and they all have these different looks to them. Yeah. Can you imagine having to design like a different look for every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's so good. <laughs> come true for you. <laughs> yes, seriously. I'm nerding out. Yeah. I love it. Um, so there is a point where Frodo and Sam start a fight, which is Frodo's idea because he can't, he's so exhausted. He can't get up. So he knows, okay, a good way to distract a diversion, a good way to get a diversion <laughs> is to get them to start fighting. So he's like, shove me, hit me, like, Wah. Um, So they start fighting and it, it works. It, they create a diversion and they're able to get away from the inspector guy, um, which is cool and helpful. So like, again, thank goodness orcs have short tempers. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say right before that whole moment is so tense because yeah, Frodo's starting to get really weak. You see like the ring is digging into his neck. Like he has no energy. And then this big orc with that like creepy eye, like notices them. And there's like so much tension where you're like, that's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's the one with no nose. Oh, yeah. And he has like a white contact. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the, yeah. the creepy one. And you're just like, oh, my God, they're going to get caught. They're going to get found. <laughs> What's going to happen? And then, yes, Frodo coming in with the good ideas. Yeah, it was really smart. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Also, I just wrote a note in my notes at this point. I got a little sentimental because I was just like, oh, I can't believe that we're almost done watching these movies. I know. <laughs> like, we've been watching them segmented for since December Mm -hmm. and it's now March and I just had a moment of like oh my gosh in an hour I'm gonna be done watching this movie and then I don't have plans to like watch it again (laughs) yet (laughs) so I just had a moment and it made me like happy but sentimental and I can't believe it look how far we've don't worry behind the scenes are next (laughs) I don't know what's next but there's still a lot more to cover I just you know sometimes you have to look back and see how far you've come you know the whole thing Mm -hmm. totally Aw, that's so fun. I know it has been such a journey. 
So <laughs> then we go to the scene where they finally take off their orc armor. And this is when we see Sam throwing all of his cooking gear away. <laughs> I definitely was like, uh, Frodo is not doing well. We d- he needs a little help. He's like really struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that when they're sitting down and Sam's like, oh, look, there's a star. And Frodo can barely like open his eyes to even look up at that star. It's just so sad. <laughs> like it's, it, there's such a physical weight on him and it becomes very, very apparent while they're in Mordor. And I know we talk about the acting a lot in these movies, but I'm so glad that Frodo is so good at acting this miserable because I feel like sometimes it can get annoying if someone isn't a, an excellent actor, you know, where you like, don't feel bad for them anymore. You're just like sick of them feeling miserable, but he just embodies it all so well, like the weight of everything physically and mentally that you just feel for him. And the fact that it's been able to build with each movie, he hasn't been on the same level of his acting throughout the journey it's been building up. So the fact that it's at yeah. the very end and he's just like, I cannot move. <laughs> it's crazy. And when he's, you see his like little burst, bursts of energy because he's trying so hard. So good job, Elijah Wood. Yeah. And it really does just show how much the ring does not want to be destroyed and how it is doing everything it can to keep Frodo from making it up to Mount Doom. Uh, stakes are high. Mm-hmm. So then as Sam or Frodo is, you know, miserable, Sam gives him his water. <laughs> Kelsey's already laughing. We probably have the same note. <laughs> Why does Frodo waste all of their last water? <laughs> okay, like obviously he doesn't do it on purpose, but Sam specifically says, have mine. There's a few drops left. Yeah. And like... Frodo obviously spills those few drops all over his face. He doesn't even drink it. (laughs) He drinks like maybe two drops and the rest are like dribble, dribble down. I know. It's just one of those moments where you're like, oh no, that was the last of the water. (laughs) Can you imagine being Sam being like, oh my God, I should have just birdied (laughs) it into your mouth because look at what you did. You wasted all of our water. I could have drank that. Oh, but no, Sam is not like that. No, he wouldn't. And and when Frodo is like, it doesn't seem like we'll have enough for the journey home. And when Sam flat out accepts that they're not going to have a journey home and pretty much is saying like, we're going to die here. It becomes very real. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just got the chills again. I literally wrote, it just got real. Mm-hmm. Like Because he's been so hopeful this whole time. Like, oh, we have to ration out for the journey home, the journey home. Whereas Frodo's been like, "Mm, I don't don't know about that. So when it flips and Sam's like, no, there's no journey home. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I feel like too, maybe did Sam always kind of know that too? He just wanted to be positive for Frodo, like to have that balance of like, You know, Mm -hmm. like, no, don't think like that, even though he knows. Yeah, we're probably not going to have a journey home. Probably. I want to put it past him. He's such a good friend. Sam is the, he's the best character. Mm -hmm. I took notes on this later, but like he is literally, he's the best. We'll talk about it later. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I wrote, eek. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, the eye sees them. 
And then, but then thankfully oh, yeah. we cut to Aragorn because Aragorn's creating the diversion. <laughs> <laughs> and we also see Amir. Yes. Yes. Uh, wait, but before we get to them, something that always makes me laugh is when Frodo's been spotted, his fucking collapse to the ground. Just <laughs> looks like it. Like, I know he's trying to hide, but he just goes, <laughs> <laughs> he does fall. He's just kind of like, I can't even. <laughs> it's so I don't funny. Really to me remember? I, it, I I don't know. It's just it's his body. The way it moves is so funny to me. <laughs> it is very dramatic because it's like everything slows down. You hear just like the pulsing of the eye or a heartbeat or I don't know what it is. You know, yeah. Fro- Sam's like Frodo, get down! <laughs> yeah, Frodo just like flops over. He's like, okay. <laughs> I was just like yelling at the TV, like Frodo, get down! Shit! Oh no! <laughs> I was in it. Yeah, it's funny. Invested. Um, but yeah, when Aragorn and company rides up to the gate, something I noticed this time is every race is represented in that ride up. You have a man or men, wizard, elf, dwarf, hobbit. Like they're all like the good races. If unless I'm making a statement, I'm not including a different race. But like. They're all represented on their gate. The ones that have been represented so far mm-hmm. fighting on this side of the fight yes. are there. Except mm-hmm. for the tree ends, I guess. So the ends aren't there, but yeah. Um, so it's really cool to see how they are unified against this evil. Like, okay, Middle Earth is literally fighting against Sauron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's a good yeah. point. Uh, I have a note, just a little behind the scenes fun fact for the gates uh, or the Black Gate. Um, so they filmed this, all these scenes uh, for the Black Gate um, on New Zealand military land where they tested landmines and bombs. So and the behind the scenes, they talk about how they're like, this is what a bomb looks like. This is what a mine looks like. If you see one, don't go near it. We've searched the land, but there could still be some in the dirt. We're not sure. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So while they're doing all of these scenes, they had to be careful to avoid any bombs or landmines. Um, and they also use New Zealand military as the extras and for directing the extras too. So I just those are a little fun, oh, fun cool. facts about filming. Wow. Yeah. And I I want to say too, the gate itself, I don't know if that's like actually like a bigature or if it's there or what but like it is beautiful Mm -hmm. whatever they did to create that gate they did a really good job especially when you get to see it like closer up it's just like the rust on it and oh it looks so good yeah it looks very impenetrable yes it does it does now okay then this guy comes out here the guy with the teeth Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean is he the same type of creature that eowyn killed no, he's not a Nazgul. Um, he's known as the Mouth of Sauron. I don't really know what he oh. is. Um, he is the Mouth of yes. Sauron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just literally a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, because there's the Eye of Sauron and then he's the Mouth? I think he speaks on his behalf. I think he's like the right. creator and like maybe not, I think he speaks for Sauron. So maybe Sauron like sends messages to his mouth brain. <laughs> speaks for him like another puppet oh wow i didn't realize all that yeah i was just like look at this guy's teeth he can't see anything and i put this is what we call 
mouth acting. <laughs> yes, I put down it's super expressive despite only being a mouth. Like you can see when he hesitates and he's like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and they expanded his mouth like to be super huge. I think it was like 300%. And the behind the scenes, they talk a lot about how they're trying to figure out how to make the mouth of Sauron look even more creepy and so they tried like flipping it sideways or flipping it upside down and they couldn't quite figure it out and so they just ended up expanding his mouth to like 300 percent, and that's why it looks so creepy and gross that did it i mean <laughs> they did a great job because literally i'm sitting there watching it like what how did they do that with just makeup because it, it's so crazy and now i know that they did it mm -hmm. they needed a little more help which is cool um, I love that he, well, he like shows them the shirt and he tells them that Frodo has died, um, which I don't know where he even got that idea because those other orcs didn't kill him. It's not like, unless they lied, like, oh yeah, that hobbit. Yeah, we totally disposed of him. I think it's a ploy because Sauron has now seen Frodo, so he knows everything. Um, oh. So that's why they're like, oh, get the shiny, which uh, rip that orc that didn't get his shiny shirt. <laughs> <So> <laughs> It's making sense now because I didn't realize that was the mouth of Sauron. So now my notes, yeah, don't make sense to what I currently know. Yeah, it's a big fat lie. Yeah, I think they're just trying to get under Aragorn's skin and Gandalf's mm -hmm. skin and be like, oh, it's already failed. You know, go back. No hope left. Little did they know that he was just going to fuel the fire even more. Um, I do think it's funny how he like throws the shirt at them. And I'm like, you would not have done that if you knew how much that shirt was worth, <laughs> mister. Keep it. <laughs> Where's all of the yeah, shine? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on. Um, but their reactions to hearing Frodo die is just so heartbreaking. Like they are crushed to hear it. And obviously they don't know any better. So of course they, they see it as fact. And the fact that they have the mithril, like it's so sad. Mm -hmm. I have like a slight feeling though that I just... I don't know if all of them believe it. Not Aragorn. You know, like, <laughs> well, no, not Aragorn. And I don't know. I just, I think they're all like, is he dead? Like, I don't want to believe mm -hmm. it. You know, I don't think they want to. And then Aragorn definitely is like, fuck you. And he goes, slice that. With your head. Ah, ah, with your head. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love how Aragorn is just like, I'm not hearing any more of this. I'm just going to kill you and be done with it. <laughs> I guess negotiations yep. are over. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's Legolas looking into the audience. <laughs> I guess that means. <laughs> um, but that's a line Gimme Lee actually says. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think it was Gimli, yeah. <laughs> is Aragorn's speech next or did I skip? Um, okay. Sam, I have Sam, how do you know which way is north when the stars aren't? Oh, because it diverts the. The gaze. So it goes back to Sam and Frodo um, when the eye is like on them and then Sauron's eye goes over towards the gate and Sam's yeah, like, literally like two seconds. yeah and Sam's like oh the the eye is gone something must have got its ga gaze and he's like it's pointing north and I'm like how do you know it's north <laughs> like what's telling you that direction is north when well, you can't see maybe they're south oh <laughs> Just was literally like, you can't look at the stars. The sun's not around. How do you know which direction is north? <laughs> oh my goodness, Kirsten. So then they all ride back to the army and then Aragorn gives his wonderful, lovely, beautiful speech to his men telling them, you know, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart out of me, which 
ah, just so much appreciation for Aragorn's speech because he's like, you guys are so much braver than I am, <laughs> which we all know isn't true, <laughs> but he's like building his men up, you know? Mm-hmm. In a way, they are like braver than him because like he knows how to fight. He's done this, you know, he's met these orcs face to face and some of these guys are so inexperienced, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, they really do need to hear that from I him. I know. And then of course, you know, when he's saying, you know, the day may come when the courage of men fails and, you know, he's interweaving all of these things and he keeps saying, but it is not this day, this day we fight. I don't know. I just, it's another one of those epic monologues, pre-war speeches that I think the writers did such a good job. Mm Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. I was just like, come on, Aragorn, with this speech. And when I was watching it, my roommate, Matt, was like quoting the whole (laughs) thing next to me. And I was like, oh, this is one of those scenes where it's like quotable. Oh, yeah. yeah. He is such a strong leader and not going to lie. But it is not this day is something I quote (laughs) a lot. Mm -hmm. It's one of those like (laughs) literally one of the most quotable lines from the movie for me. So I'll, I'll say it a lot. Um, that one, and I have no memory of this place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what, you guys? I don't know if I mentioned this the other day, but this is about quoting the movie. So I feel like it's kind of on topic. Um, I was with my niece the other day and they have like this creek behind their house that ends at a tunnel. And she was like, let's go look at the tunnel. And I was like, the tunnel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I thought of you both and I was like, I just quoted Lord of the Rings without being prompted. So felt good about that. Yes. <laughs> Didn't you also teach your niece about Lord of the Rings recently? Yes. I don't know if I talked about it on here, but she's two years old, by the way. Um, she's so cute. I showed her Legolas because she loves horses, like loves horses. And she has this like unicorn that for her is like the right size for her to sit on and kind of like ride or whatever pretend to ride and so she was falling off of the side of it and like swooped up and sat on it again and I was like you were just like Legolas and so I showed her a picture (laughs) and I was like Legolas is an elf and he's really good at riding horses of course I'm not going to tell her all the scary parts right um and so she was like (laughs) Legolas. <laughs> oh. I was like, do you like Legolas? She's like, yeah. I was like, do you like his long hair? Yeah. I love how she goes, Legolas. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's really cute. And like, she wanted to see a picture of him, but it, or like video of him, but it's hard to find one that's not like scary for a two-year-old. So. <laughs> Show him saying, <laughs> a diversion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, Diversion, Auntie Kay. <laughs> <laughs> or just the, you know, the running segments of all of them just running. And running <laughs> or just and the video. Running. They're taking the hobbits. Oh, to I, yes. hobbit. oh show her that. Oh, I'm going to teach her that song. She's going to oh, love yeah. it. She'll sing to you every day. Yeah, she loves singing. She loves singing. That's so good. Oh man. Well, does anyone else have anything else to say about this scene? Only that when Aragorn says, I bid you stand men of the West, I wrote, okay, cool. I guess I'll just go fight now. Like I was, <laughs> I was pumped. So yeah, he did a great job. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. Okay. Which one do you like better? This scene with Aragorn or Theoden's scene before they ride on Pelennor Fields? Theoden. 
I'm not going to lie. When I saw this one, I was like, oh, this is giving me a uh, Pelinor Fields vibes, you know, with mm-hmm. Theoden's speech. I feel like the Theoden one in personally is more memorable. I didn't remember ever seeing this scene because it's my second time watching it through. I didn't remember that it existed. And I didn't yeah. remember any of the words that he said until you guys just quoted them right now. <laughs> now, I agree. I like Theoden's because I think, I don't know, even though I know there's a lot on the line for this final battle, um, it kind of feels like, okay, well, we're all just going to die anyway. Whereas there was still a little bit more hope for the other battle. And like even crossing the spears and with the sword, like it's just like a lot of uh, yeah. good moments with it. And it was like the first moment we saw Theoden really step up into that leadership role. Whereas like we expect this from Aragorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's probably equal levels of amazing and, you know, what they all needed to hear, but it's expected from Aragorn. It wasn't as expected from Theoden. So it had more of like a build behind it. Right. Yeah. I agree. I love that scene. Well, <laughs> you know, Good from question. the last episode, yeah. I love that scene with Theoden. So I definitely agree. Oh my goodness. Well, I think this is where we should stop for today. I know that those of you listening are like, but this is right before it gets so good. And um, we know we want to keep (laughs) all of the ending together, tied together in a nice little, I don't know, box. Bow? Yeah, bow. (laughs) Um, So we're going to save everything else for the next episode. I'm so excited. I mean, every... the. The end of the movie is just so, so good. So I can't wait to dive into it and talk about it. And Kirsten will be joining us again for this next episode too. So, you know, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Kirsten. Thank you for having me again. I appreciated being back and talking about my love for Elijah Wood, which will continue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has to be an Elijah Wood stan, you know? I'll take it. Yeah. You've been listening to Hobbits at Heart. If you enjoy our podcast, please share, rate, and subscribe. And for exclusive content, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hobbits at Heart Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye.